Yeah, so Make 48 is a show where contestants as teams it was seven teams and most of them were family so it was kind of fun you see mom and dad and the kids and uh close friends make up a team some student groups and in they get a, an opportunity to develop an invention and they have 48 hours to make that invention present it and then win a prize and in the past i was a judge in the past i was the host and this time around i was a helper there's or a mentor you help the people with their inventions. There's, there's sort of strict rules that they're not allowed to use certain tools. I think that's more for safety than anything else because it's a variety of skill sets, a variety of skill levels. So I just say no one's allowed to use the power tools. So that in that case, it's me and the group of the group. They call them tool techs. So me and the group of tool techs are allowed to use the tools. It was fun. There was a couple of friends there that I've seen over the years, and we had a nice time. And the team I helped the most won. Ooh. So that was very nice. It was nice to see that they were a really good group of girls. And uh, so I was in Kansas City, and while I was there, I got a cold. So that's why my voice is... And I got home the morning of my birthday. And then uh, I relaxed. I didn't do much until the evening. Just doing my mail and dilly-dallying around. Sometimes I'm actually okay with not doing anything. I just slowly took care of the chickens and didn't jump right back into anything until yesterday. Which was Wednesday. I found that more and more lately in the last couple of years where I used to feel kind of bad or just unsettled about taking a morning and just like not doing anything. And now, like on occasion, it's pretty nice just to just sit around and, you know, like before lunch or whatever for a little while and just kind of not do anything. Yeah. Scrolling helps. Instagram. Oh, yeah. (laughs) TikTok. Thanks, TikTok. It feels like such a waste of time. I mean, I do it too, but like... I think we all do it. They're man, all I catch myself so often just like, what am I doing? I'm like, <laughs> I'm not even looking at this stuff. I'm just passing it. Yeah, Ugh. one more. Oh, wait, one more. One more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it, me crazy. I, I'm okay with relaxing a little bit more often these days. Yeah. <clears throat> As you should Probably. Be. We, we should have all figured that out a long time ago. Because it actually would be better for us. <laughs> yeah, but you feel like we got to keep jamming and jamming. You know, we've all selected a, a job that is almost 100% reliant on us individually. So when yeah. the shark stops swimming, it has mm-hmm. a hard time surviving. It's funny because I had a conversation with my team about that specifically um, a couple of days ago about the realization that I've come to, this is totally off, I was not planning on talking about this, but since we're here, yeah. um, I came to a realization over the past few months or whatever, and <clears throat> was thinking about the team and their their jobs and their like what they offer and all this stuff, and I, I realized that they came on to work for I Like To Make Stuff basically to support me at the time. Like, I needed help with X. So somebody came on to do that, to help the whole thing move. But then over since then, now that we have a group of people, it's not just them supporting me. Like everybody has independent jobs that overlap and we support each other and, you know, they're helping me accomplish things and they're also accomplishing things on their own. And it's really interesting to step back and look at the whole thing. And it's not like they're, uh, what they do every day is not just because of me. It's because of them. And they can generate their own thing that helps the whole group flourish. It was a really interesting, like, huh, when did that happen? Like, it's been happening. It, it I guess, continues to happen. 
but it's a, a different kind of thing. And so it's still a lot of it does rely on my face and everything, but I think we're trying to move past that to where my face is not as necessary because my face mm. is not that great. So. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, trying to get out of that so that I can have more mornings to goof off and scroll, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> What have you been working on since uh, since you've been back? Well, last April? night I'm just actually looking at, I just uh, went on the how-to app and I'm posting some stuff. I just posted, I've been posting reels and occasionally I make a reel and it goes on all the apps. And last night I made a reel of me working on the sewing machine. I got a, a Weaver 205 sewing machine. I had one and I left it at Taylor's studio because she uses it for work. So I let her keep it. So I bought a new one. A Weaver 205 is this giant sewing machine. So last night... I was inspired to play with it when I got home, and I started making these wallets. So I'm making 12 wallets. I took basically a, a quarter hide of leather, put it on the laser cutter, and cut out as many wallets as it would fit in it, and started putting the little production together of those wallets. And last night I was on that machine. So I started working on that, and I'm working on, this week I'm going to do a tips video on the bandsaw. I haven't done a tips video in a while, and by popular demand, a lot of people are asking me, bandsaw question so I'm going to do a tips video on the bandsaw so that should be an easy shoot I might do most of that today the wallet video will probably be out in two weeks and then uh, I'm slowly getting ahead of the videos but in the idea stage this week I did the video of me making the model of the workshop and it's actually it's a great performing video it might hit 400,000 today for me it's a it's a rarity these days but that video, I didn't think of until I started about 20 minutes before I started it. And it's always those videos that do well. I was going back and forth, and I was like, I, got, I had to make a model to fill my obligation for Type-On Glue. And in the past, I've done these popsicle stick models. And I was like, what can I make? I already did the Eiffel Tower, a bridge. Like, What can I make that's kind of something that the fans would be interested in seeing? And I thought about the Arc de Triomphe, but I was like, that's... It's too fancy, and plus it'll look ugly in ice cream sticks. And uh, and then it occurred to me, why don't I do the shop? Because I want to do the second floor idea. And I thought of it about an hour before I started making it. I went on, I went on uh, Illustrator, and I I laid out all the girders and all the laser cut parts, and they were fast. It was fast SketchUp's, and uh, I went to work on it. And I had no idea that. People would be interested in watching it. I thought it was going to be another 50K view video, and that would be that. But it's going strong. Pretty amazed. What sure. are the comments like on that? I mean, to have that kind of a surprise takeoff, surely yeah. there's some feedback about why. Is there anything? No, no. People just, I love you. And then, you know, I've been kind of down in the dumps as far as the algorithm goes. Obviously, we all joke about it. But when I started that week, my, my subscriber count was negative 500. For the first time I'd ever noticed. I mean, occasionally we all get that negative and we know there's like a big purge. Yeah. YouTube will purge out all bad accounts. But for like almost two months in a row, my, my subscriber count was negative 500. And now it's, it's plus 500. I've added maybe 1,500 subscribers since this video has taken off. And my view count was at like 900,000 for the month. It's over over like a million and change. So it's amazing that just just these few days, I mean, it hasn't even been a week that this video is performing and, and bringing some attention to the channel. I did notice a lot of video, a lot of this, the comments were, oh, this is this is great. Well, I really love what you do. Subscribed. So there's a lot of new viewers oh. that this video is pushing to new people. Most of the people 
make a comment of like, if you're undecisive about it, because I didn't want to lose the big airspace in the cathedral ceiling. I was only going to do it two-thirds of the way. A lot of people are like, just cut it right down in the middle, like put it right at the halfway mark, which I thought was a pretty cool idea because then I could still keep a big giant ceiling. So mm, yeah. that might be a possibility that I only go the halfway mark. And then one of the fans in the comment section is like, hey, I manufacture engineered trusses. Reach out to me. Let's talk. Oh. So <laughs> that was really cool. So I'm in a conversation with him. And uh, yeah, it was, it was, it's funny when you just think of something, you throw it out there and suddenly a whole new can of good good can of worms opens up <laughs> and that was that kind of, of thing I like that. Yeah. and and it's a lot of things fell into place because my sticker my little stained glass sticker that's the image that's on the building was the right size as far as scale goes within reason and then i had printed all these form lab figurines of us that 3d diy david scanned a lot of the makers and i scanned the basically the cast although graz isn't in the he hasn't gotten scanned yet but and I had the figurines sitting around, and they were the right scale too. I did a half inch. I did a half inch to a foot, and so they were three inches. So we were all about six feet tall. So it was like the perfect scale. Wow. So all these like things I did in the previous to this idea all like kind of fit together. So it was it was fun, and it just keeps growing every time I open it up. It's got got like <laughs> almost a hundred thousand views since yesterday, and the video's out for like four or five days, which is unthinkable. Hmm. Awesome. It, doesn't, it doesn't happen anymore. Well, David, that's happening with you too, right? Yeah, I um, I mean, my channel is a lot smaller than you guys. So the for a while, the, the baseline and the goal was I want to get 50,000 views within a week. And now I'm hitting 50,000 views, like all of a sudden, like uh, the same day. That's and great. like seven out of the last 10 videos are over 100,000. A couple of them are like, over 300,000 views so there's there's just kind of been a change in the mindset and who I'm trying to make videos for and it's it's just I after seeing it go down for a while you know I got a little worried and now there's there's it just feels different it feels like there's there's hope yeah yeah hmm. I hope we get to that too <laughs> <laughs> there is hope Bob and it's 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 I think the three of us we've always chosen careers where especially when you work for yourself out, YouTube or outside of YouTube you always kind of have to be on your on your toes and ready to pivot and YouTube is you have to be ready to pivot but it's pivoting more often like I was I went to school for graphic design but then I ended up being a web developer. I also worked at uh, uh, as a photographer and <laughs> at a recording studio. So I, yeah. Oh God. Yeah, that I was, you, was that was loud. Mute. That was loud. I'm so sorry. I thought I was on mute. Okay. Um, uh, good thing I didn't fart while I was. <laughs> so I've always been in the mindset of like just be willing to pivot. But with the YouTube thing, it's you feel like you have to pivot a little bit more and. Uh, I just I stopped making videos I stopped making the videos that I thought I should be making and I'm making the videos that I want to be making and it was kind of like a gamble on myself and it's working it's just I don't I don't try to make I don't do the how-to I don't try to do the like what Bob would say the lowest common denominator does does this audience have this tool I'm trying to focus on on being creative I'm having a lot more fun with my brother in the shop, just like 
joking back and forth and just kind of leaving in the the real moments and it's and it's working hmm that's great well what have you been uh making so uh Last week, we put out the video of making fine furniture with a two by four, and that video came out on Sunday, and it, it took a little bit longer than expected to make that video, so I was working and filming all the way up through Saturday. And so this week, I decided I need a, and I was working in the evenings too, and I was like, I just need a break. I need a, I need an easy week. So we filmed the intro to a couple of new videos and um, they're not going to be completed. So the rest of the week I'm going to work on website stuff, pay stupid taxes and and (laughs) things like that. And just enjoy my evenings of, you know, hanging out with Kelly, watching movies and and just not being concerned about editing or videos. But uh, the two videos that we started, one is we went to the Goodwill and we found a a little kid's wooden chair that folds up and so we're going to use that as a model to make a human-sized chair that folds up (laughs) human (laughs) (laughs) everybody knows the kids are not human right yeah you grow into being human (laughs) oh okay yeah at least some kids do some kids grow (laughs) into being demons you start out out as a pupa yeah (laughs) (laughs) so um we, we we found this chair at the Goodwill, and we brought it back, and we took a bunch of photos of it, some measurements, and we took it apart, trying to figure out the, the mechanics of it, and then we'll we'll make it big size. And then we also went to um, we went to Target, and we found a Magna Doodle, like the, the old sketch boards. We got one of those. Uh, we gutted it, and now I'm going to make like a wooden fancy frame thing and it's going to hang on the wall so it's a magna doodle but super fancy so those are the those are the two videos that we're working on that's pretty cool yeah awesome um so let's see for me oh actually i had another question for you before i get to that yeah so before we started recording you were talking about how the weather is like it's warm (laughs) there it's in the 70s or something yeah as um temperatures are changing as you know, you move into spring and stuff. Is that going to affect you working on the car or in the <laughs> shop or, or any of those so kind of outstanding things in progress? Um, speaking of the car, I got it out a couple times this year, and uh, there's with the construction on the house. Sometimes the the crew would work in the garage, and so the garage got kind of dusty, and the car was just covered in in dust. Took it out and. I know some people are going to yell at me, and that's okay, because I'm totally ignorant, but I took the car through an automatic car wash, <gasps> Yeah, and I broke off the antenna. Like, <laughs> like, like the antenna didn't break. Now uh, I'm going to yell at you. Yeah, it, 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 it popped out of the body and bent the body a little bit. It's on the back oh. rear fender. And... Um, and it, a piece of trim, there's a vinyl top to it, and a piece of trim blew off. Uh, so a couple couple little damages going through the automatic car wash. Do not take a classic car through the automatic car wash. Noted. <laughs> Dad would be so upset with me right now. Um, but one of the issues with the car that wasn't, I was afraid to drive it, is it had a bald tire. 
I didn't know it. I took it in to get some work done last summer. And they said, oh, yeah, it's bumpy because you have a bad tire. The tires are like 30-some years old. So I went and got new tires just yesterday. And, of course, with a classic car, you want you want nice tires. So I got the raised white letter tires so it looks muscly. And it was like $950 for four new tires. Like, holy cow. Um, yeah. So... My budget for the car has maxed out for the time being. So there's not going to be any more work on the car for a little bit. Um, But uh, except I'm going to... The trim that blew off that I lost for the vinyl top, it's not like... I don't believe it is a piece of trim that you can just order for a 1967 Impala because the vinyl top was added post by my dad. So I think the trim was made and bent by... A professional so i gotta it'll be a fun little experiment to see if i can find a piece of trim and then bend it to get it in the place or whatever hmm yeah yeah that'll be interesting and the antenna i can i can fix so it's it's one of those things where um if you open up the trunk you can see where the antenna goes into and there's a screw on the top and a screw on on, on the bottom and they kind of screw into each other and there's a weather seal i can i can fix that i would also I need to research to see if there's like a flexi antenna instead of the the telescopic type one. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Is the is. telescopic one a manual or is it one that was automatic? Because I remember the automatic ones. They were yeah, fun. I remember. Yeah, this one was manual. Even manual, it only it goes down and it still sticks up. You know, a good fifteen, sixteen inches. Uh, For my White Lane Cruiser, the I, I never used the radio. And, you know, it's not a classic car. I mean, I guess it is a classic car, but it's not in the same way that yours is. And I just took off the, just unscrewed the antenna. And so the nub is still there, it's still sealed, but mm-hmm. I just took it off because, like, it's another thing to break. It's another thing to get caught on stuff. Yeah. But then I tried to take that thing through a, a car wash one time, not really thinking about it. And as I pulled up, the guy was like, yeah, you can't come through here in that. I'm like, why not? And he was like, because you have a rack and a snorkel and uh you know, <laughs> he's like, <laughs> it just you will get clogged in the machine like you can't and it dawned on me at the time uh, like oh i guess i can't i mean yeah. it makes sense but i didn't think about it before that on the carmigia um when i was taking the whole thing apart i actually removed the antenna and patched the hole because i'm already down to bare metal so uh, I went ahead and made a patch panel and just completely covered that hole because I'm not going to put it back on. I think it's cleaner without it. It's like one less thing to have to wire and, you know. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. I've I've had Maybe. the thoughts of like, I can't remember the last time I listened to radio in a car ever. Yeah. And do I, do I, do I need this antenna? Do I, do I have this hole patched? Are there kits to like just patch the hole for people who don't want an antenna, so it's something something I got to look into. It's, I would imagine that you could probably take the existing fixture that it's on, and and you know like leave the hole in the body, leave the weather sealing, and then just make a an insert to go in mm-hmm. where the actual post goes to. Yeah. So it's like there, usable in the future if you wanted it. But yeah, honestly, yeah, on. yeah, like a little like a little uh, conference table grommet type thing yeah yeah or you put like a tiny little radio dish on it that looks like a it spins around that'd be cool <laughs> little satellite dish yeah little satellite yeah it's funny this it's funny my new truck i get phone calls from satellite radio about every 20 minutes saying, oh my goodness turn on? yeah I, I haven't turned uh. the satellite on in the new truck i have it in my little my little truck 
and I hold, I will ever do is listen to music on my phone. So in my new truck, I have stuff like the the serious radio and regular radio. I and I just I never. It's just going to be another subscription that's like pointless because I never listen. Oh yeah, did um, there's a I don't know if I told you all about this or not, but I was looking at like retro stereo, like retro look stereos. Mm-hmm. We have and one. there's a or whole. Oh, you do? Yeah, it's for a Bluetooth, but it, yeah, it looks it looks like it's uh, of the time period, but it's a whole Bluetooth yeah. radio. Yeah, yeah. I, it's such a cool thing. When I was looking at the car movie at the beginning, I don't need it yet, so I haven't really looked that far into it. But I was blown away at how simple on the front of them they look. You know, mm-hmm. it has like the little, it's not a dial, but the the band and like three buttons, two knobs, but it's Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. It's pretty awesome. So, so. it looks it, so it, it looks like it's got the two dials and it looks like you could turn the one dial and the little orange needle moves. But when you turn the car on... Um, there's, it's like a blue LED behind that that lights up, and then you, you can see it says Bluetooth as it lights up, and then shows the song that's playing. But as soon as you turn the car off, it looks like it's stuck. Oh, that's awesome! I didn't even know it did that. That's great. Um, Jimmy, did you get the car? Are you getting the car? What's the I committed story? to it. I'll probably get it this month. I did commit to it, so we haven't. I've asked him to send me the, the title and a photograph, and he's like, oh, 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 so. Oh, that's right. It's a little red flag, so. I'm hoping if he doesn't send me the title, I might not go and get it until he does, if he's trying to be s- sneaky. But he's mm-hmm. been traveling, I've been traveling, so I said sometime in the middle of this month. But yeah, that's going to be fun. Cool. So awesome. I get that. And then I got the house. I think I talked about it on Instagram. I did. I'm going to do a video introducing the house that shows all the details and what, what's to come. So what's the first, first thing happening over there? I want to work on the floors because the floors are a little uneven here and there, and then there's uh, some shoring up that needs to take place in the basement, but it's all it's all like arrested right now because the previous owner bought those those columns, those adjustable columns from Home Depot. So I could just leave it as is, or go in there and and use his columns and then redo some one side of the foundation. It's just a little cockeyed, but it's been that way. It's been that way probably for 75 years, hmm. and he was just being overly cautious by putting these columns in. So like I said, I could leave that or I could fix that straight away i don't know i'm gonna i gotta make a decision because these local guys are gonna do it for me and uh so the floor would be the first thing and then deciding where the second bathroom's gonna go there's a there's like what what would be kind of like a great room or like a living room i'm gonna combine that with what will be the kitchen and then move that room over to what is a garage right now and turn the garage into part of the house because there's no reason Mm -hmm. to have a garage that's attached to this house which is comes with a giant barn so i'm never gonna like put a car or like it's this little attachment that's like a garage is really more like a tool shed so i'm going to put a proper tool shed on the property and then turn that into part of the actual floor plan gotcha. so there's a couple of things a couple of things to do those are the first things that have, that i'm starting to feel in my gut cool yeah we'll see for me um did i talk about the conduit project last week that i was working on yes you did you talked about the <laughs> The parts. Yeah, so like 3D printing the parts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Conduit. So I've been doing more of that. Today we're going to finish it up and do all the assembly. But it's really really fun to keep going on that idea and keep coming up with, like, now that I've got this, you know, basically I have a snap part that goes around the conduit. So then you can add anything you want to it. Like this one is a spike. It's a ground spike. And um, I've made... 
that from the same kind of clip, I've made pieces that'll insert so I can put two pieces together at an angle. I've got hinges, I've got like loops. I've got all sorts of little doodads that all fit into the same conduit. And I'm only make I'm only like designing the pieces that I need for this particular project I'm working on right now. But then Anthony's taking the same base pieces and making a totally different project. It's like a, some light stands and things like that. But it's it's been really fun to just be like, oh, I need I need this slight variation on the one that I did, and I can just you know, copy the model over, change one little piece, and print it out, and then I've got like a new fitting that works perfectly. I've already adjusted the fits. I've already adjusted the tolerances and all that type of stuff. And I don't know. It's really cool to have a little system of things. So it now I'm... Go ahead. It looks like a kit that I would love to buy. Have you thought about making it an actual product? Uh, kind of. I, I'm, I'm hesitant on, on physical products now. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 feel, I feel you on that. But I could see that yeah. at Home, Home Depot, just a kit, and it has all you know four different pieces and uh, multiples of each one, and then you can. I mean, you see, you see people make shelves and fixtures and stuff with like the iron pipes. This is even easier than that. Yeah. Yeah. It's cheaper too. I mean, the, I was looking at the cost of conduit versus iron pipe, you know, it, it's not obviously going to have the same strength, but it doesn't need to in most situations, but it's about a dollar a foot at Lowe's and Home Depot. So it's a pretty cheap metal pipe that's paintable. It's weldable. Bendable. If you really wanted to. (laughs) <laughs> you can, you can uh, get yeah, the pipe benders yeah. and yeah you can yeah sure i mean i'm going to be doing that for this one um so maybe is uh um, we might also just create uh like a package of the files to where you could print them out and that yeah. way you could print them at different densities depending on what you're doing with it you know that if you need sense. them to be solid that's going to take a long time to print but they would be pretty strong um but like these pieces that are a spike that's going into the ground doesn't need to be solid. It just needs to be strong enough to go into the dirt to hold the thing down. So, is it um, um is it one of those things that if you're welding, you have to be well ventilated? Ventilated. It depends on. I'm not sure if this stuff has the zinc coating or not. Um, it might. But one thing I did in the past, it might have been for this stuff. I don't remember. I made a big um, PVC. A, a tube and I filled it up with vinegar, I think. And then you just drop the pipe in it and let it soak for a certain amount of time and it eats that layer off. Mm-hmm. Pull it out and you're good to go, you know. And then you have raw metal, so you got to treat it like it's raw metal after that. But hmm. so I have this tube of like degalvanization juice. Mm. I just drop pieces in. Mm. Sugar free. Yeah, sugar free. <laughs> it's organic. Gluten free. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, anyway, it's been really fun to just keep coming up with. I keep combining all the things. I'm like, yeah, I need a hinge. Oh, but the hinge needs to have a spike on it. <laughs> but then the left hinge needs to have the spike on one side, and the right hinge needs to have it on the other side. So I, I just have all these weird little variations of these pieces. And um, anyway, I'm is this something you would ever put on Thingiverse? Yeah, possibly. I mean, I think we could probably we could either like release the files, or we could make a, a useful set of them and sell them so that somebody could get them and then print out as many as they want for, you know, in one place that we could continually update if we needed to adjust something or if we needed to whatever, we would have control over the people that bought them, letting them know that there was a new version that they could get, you know, something. So, yeah, 
I don't know. We'll talk about that. But, you know, Anthony has an idea that he's going to make with the system, and then Josh is working on an idea. I don't know what he's come up with yet. But um, So we're trying to figure out how to make the video. And I don't know if I talked about this last week or not. I don't remember. We're trying to figure out how to make the video about I had a project idea, and then it turned into a little bit broader of an idea about a material. And so I'm still going to make that project, but the video, like, went more into... How do you take a common material and expand it, make it more usable, you know? So I'm not exactly sure how we're going to voice that, but we'll see. We're going to shoot it today. So anyway, I'm excited about that. I've also been working with my oldest son um, in kind of an interesting way. A lot of people assume that my kids make stuff all the time because I do, and they don't. And a lot of that is just scheduling. Like it's really hard for me to work all day and then their schedules are so crazy for us to find an additional overlap time when somebody has an idea and I have time and materials to make the thing you know what I mean so we don't we don't like do family make sessions like you would expect I wish we did but he uh, came home and he was in, in his art class he's in high school and his art class they were um tasked with making a 3D object out of 2D shapes. And so doing like the, remember like the kits, the little wooden balsa kits you had when you were a kid where everything was like, had slots and you would just snap them together, dinosaurs and animals and stuff like that. So they basically had to do that with something that they like or, you know, some some shape or whatever. And so he drew out a dinosaur and started in two dimensions and started trying to figure out how to cut this out of cardboard to put the thing together. And so we started talking about like, well, you know, you, you have to make the slots the same size as the material. And then I was like, the laser would be the better way to do this. And so he asked his teacher if he could do it with the laser instead of with cardboard. And he got approval for that. So the last couple of days we've been working on taking his drawings and I showed him how to scan those, bring them into Illustrator, turn them into vectors. I had a big long explanation about the difference between vector and raster. And it's really funny because <clears throat> that type of stuff for us, because we've been in it for so long, if I say raster and a raster image, both of you know exactly what I'm talking about versus a vector image. I said that to him and he was like, I don't know what that word is. What are you talking about? So I got to do like kind of a deep dive on, let's look at a bitmap image really closely so that you see what a pixel actually is. And he's like, whoa, it's made of a bunch of dots? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. But there's no reason that he should have known that. So, I, you know, it's been really fun because I've gotten to teach him some of the stuff about images that I know and then how to use basic Illustrator stuff, how to take that, put it in the laser software, how to cut it out, uh, so he's run the laser a little bit. And I know this is stuff that a lot of people do with their kids all the time. Seems like I would. We just don't have a chance to. And so this has been really fun the last couple of days to start, you know, preparing his his drawings for this project. And I'm making him do all the computer work and making him do all the laser stuff. And I'm helping him along with it. But uh, we have a couple more days on getting all the pieces to match up, getting all the little joints to work and then cutting the final pieces out and then he's going to paint it and stuff for his art class but that's been really fun it's been something new for us it's a great learning experience yeah and i'm hoping it will give him a kind of a a different perspective on using the tools because i don't think he originally he asked me can we cut these out on the bandsaw because we have used the bandsaw together before 
And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, we certainly, you know, you can, you've done that before, but the laser would actually make it fit better. And he was like, oh, okay, well, how do we do that? And so that was a, it was a different path, you know, to learn stuff on, which was kind of cool. Um, so hopefully that'll, that'll lead to something else. He's also interested in, in uh, coding, like, mods for games. And so I've been trying to figure out how to, how to make that something that he can do without, like, programming 101. Let's start at the beginning. And now your dad's going to teach you how to program because that's probably not... It's what he needs, but it's probably not what he wants. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, I'm trying to use this stuff as a way to, like, get him to have an appetite for how do I use software to do the thing that I want to do. And then that will lead to how do I use code to make software to do the thing that I want to do, I think. So I'm looking at some different, like, online courses for um, game modding programming, specifically that, because he has an interest there, so I'm trying to draw him in with that. So it's been it's been pretty cool. We've been working on some stuff together that we don't normally get to do. And he's the one kid that doesn't play soccer. Everybody else is at soccer practice all the time, and a couple of nights a week, it's just he and I at home. And so it's a perfect time for us to spend time together and, you know, put that time into that which is pretty cool. Uh, so we've been doing that. And then I had a call the other day with uh, a team over at Avid, um, Avid CNC. And I don't know if I told you this or not, but I've been talking to them for a while about getting a plasma CNC. And so we like... Yeah, those are fun. We had the conversation. It's it's done. I have a bunch of cool ideas for it and everything. And so next up, we're just doing the ordering process to get that here. And I'm making a space for it in the shop. Um, I've got a couple of really fun ideas for projects, but I'm really excited about having that. And I think like we talked a few months ago, maybe at the beginning of the year about trying to step out for me, trying to step out of that. Like I want to make everything accessible all the time. And I would, I would be hesitant of using 3d printing as much as I'm using 3d printing in this particular project. But this, the plasma CNC is like, that's a whole nother level of it's past getting a CNC at home. It's past getting a plasma cutter at home. It's like, it, you know, mm-hmm. a whole different level of thing that a lot of people don't have. So to show them using it has been like something I would try to avoid. But letting myself off the hook there a little bit and trying to use the things at my disposal opened me up to, oh, I have a bunch of cool ideas that I could actually do if I had a plasma table. So I should just do that. <laughs> so I'm pretty excited about you know what we can make with that going forward you know my opinion i say use it all people yeah. will be inspired the a lot, more people, right. a lot more yeah. people more, more often than you realize people are more yeah. interested in i mean we all we all voyeuristically watch factory videos and car races and stuff you know things that we can't afford the mm. problem is we have a past I'll, I'll talk about myself i have a past of doing accessible budget-friendly things so when i don't yeah. do accessible budget-friendly things now uh i will get the comments saying you've changed i got one the other day that just they were just it it, it hit me hard saying you forgot where you came from i used to watch you when mm. you're a drunken woodworker and now you're using tools that nobody can afford and i tried to explain like this i there's 200 other woodworking channels that do amazing beginner diy budget-friendly stuff go watch them because when i i when i do it people don't watch 
So I am doing, I'm mm. focused more on creative now. I have moved past that and that's not going to be for everybody. So um, yeah, the problem is I didn't start off with crazy tools. I started off yeah. on budget-friendly stuff and people see this change and it rubs some people the wrong way, but it's rubbed a lot of people the right way and I'm having the time of my life now and I'm, I, I've never had more fun than right now. Yeah. Well, and it's really easy as a consumer, and I think we can all do this in the things that we consume, is to want them to not change because we like how it started, yeah. right? Like, The Mandalorian Season 1 was awesome, and I don't want that to change, but it's changing. It has to change. Why wouldn't it change? It doesn't make any sense to make Season 2 and through 90 exactly the same as Season 1. So, like, I can't expect that process over there not to change. And I, I think when you're talking even about an individual would somebody really want you not to progress as a person, as a creative, to keep doing the same thing just because that's how they started watching you? I mean, I, I get the impulse, but when you think about it at a personal level, like that's that's kind of terrible to want somebody to only be what they've been, right? You want people to be more than what they've been. So This reminds me of something that's kind of a bug up my butt about you listen to podcasts and you listen to people talk and you go, uh, this is a simple woodworking project. Now let me just go to my $300,000 CNC machine. This extreme meme, and there's certain people that constantly say this on their podcast, where they go, oh, let me just go to my $300,000 CNC machine to show you how I do this. I didn't pay for my $30,000 CNC machine. I earned it by making good content, and then that company gave it to me. So there you go. That's a little <laughs> to the people that constantly keep saying <laughs> Let me just go to... So that basically means everybody has the opportunity to get a $300,000 CNC machine if you work hard. Mm. I didn't pay for it. I'm saying that right now. I developed a partnership with them. I was like, hey, do you guys want to give me a CNC machine and I'll show it off on my popular YouTube channel that I built from the ground up by myself? He said, yeah, please, please do. So all these people that I go, let me go to my $300,000 CNC machine. I'm imitating the imitation of the imitation that some people might recognize. It, it drives me crazy when people say, oh, this is a simple woodworking channel. Let me go to my laser. Let me." Go. This is life. It's like the difference between, uh, oh, look at that fancy car you got. I'm just going to stick to my horse and cow. It's like, give me a break. This is evolution. This is the world is changing. It's the way it's going. Yeah. If I have the opportunity to get it, I'm not going to keep myself down simply because I feel some sort of shame for not being able to get a machine, whether I earn it by just doing good content or physically able to pay for it. shouldn't feel shame in the slightest bit. Hmm. I'm not a channel that's saying, I'm a simple DIYer. I'm only going to take every single thing to a certain level because that's the cap I put on myself. Then I'm restricting my own growth. Mm-hmm. I yeah. can't go to computer stuff. I can't work on laser stuff. I have to only buy secondhand tools. I only have to buy Ryobi tools. I've never put that cap on myself, ever, for the slightest bit. So when people constantly go, ooh, let me show you a simple woodworking project. Let me go to my $300,000 CNC machine. It drives me crazy. It just, it's like, I have a small mind, and I'm going to, ex I'm going to expose my small mind to all of you. It's, it, it, I think it's... Drives me crazy. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. Well, I think a lot of it... When uh, people David, think like that. 
Yeah, David, I think you hit the nail on the head, though. It's like that attitude is this is where you came from. You've done a lot of this in the past. This is how I, as a consumer, know you. Therefore, you've changed. it should continue to be that way. Again, I think that's valid. I think it's understandable. I just don't think it's right. Mm-hmm. Like right. it's Everybody it's a, has the opportunity to grow and expand. Sure. And I would hope that anybody that would watch, that came in to our content through with one set of skills, one set of tools, I would hope that that person would outgrow us. I hope for their sake, not for me. I -hmm. hope that they do things enough to where they go, I should get a bigger tool, a better tool, a different tool. And for I should should try a new thing, you know, that I've never seen anybody else do or whatever. If it's someone to get turned off or for other YouTubers to get turned off, other people watching each other, to get turned off by somebody using a $300,000 CNC machine for one video or for two videos versus... You know, just making something simple like a handmade leather wallet. That just happens to be what I'm making, and I'm not taking, not personalizing this. It's just, I think it's just a, a small, narrow-minded view that a lot of people keep bringing up. The idea that, okay, I have a laser cutter. Okay, I also have a hundred thousand dollar truck. Okay, it doesn't mean that I'm some fancy pants. I'm just somebody that likes good tools, and I earn them, and I get them. I like tools that make my life easier and expand my problem-solving capability. And I shouldn't be ashamed of that. And yeah, Mark Spagnolo uh, the other day, maybe on his Facebook, maybe his personal Facebook, I, I don't remember, but uh, it was something like uh, he was highlighting a comment of like, you you don't do budget friendly DIY projects anymore, and he pointed out like from day one, I've always had this massive joiner this mat like i've always done this yeah. right and so people yeah. are just looking for a a reason to complain I, I i think yeah but when i started out there was maybe 10 people doing weekly woodworking videos now there's got to be 200 people doing weekly woodworking videos there's so I'd much more there's so much to choose from there's something out yeah, there yeah. for absolutely everybody and that allows me to do what I want to do now. It's like you have so much choice. Yeah. Yeah, I think back to the original like thing I was bringing up around this, I think I've found a lot of freedom in uh, 3D printing. It's so stupid when I think about it. I've had a 3D printer in my house basically the entire time I've been on YouTube. Like I got the first one as a Kickstarter that I saw. You know, it was like a long, long time ago. And I've always avoided using them unless I they were the only reasonable solution. 3D printers cost as much as a regular computer printer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're so cheap now. It's ridiculous. But I found so much freedom recently in just what everybody else has already been doing for <laughs> 10 years. In that, like, oh, a, a simple solution would be to model this in 10 minutes, let it print while I go to bed, and then it's done in the morning. It's like, I don't know. I mean... I'm I'm enjoying it, and I, I the only reason I bring this up is just to say that freedom, that additional capacity has allowed me to make my desk is covered in these fittings that I didn't have to mill, Oof. that are very specific, that can change and iterate quicker than you know like anything else, any other process, and it's it's just. I like the freedom of having an accessible tool that that is that, and I want other people to to look at the possibility rather than like the 
well, I can't, yeah. you know, that attitude of I can't, I don't have, I don't want to, I, like, I get it. I understand that. And we try to still do things across the border. I'm not complaining about anything, by the way. <laughs> Sounds like I'm complaining. I'm trying to say, this is really fun. I, I'm enjoying it's it. Obvious, I want other people to enjoy it as well. It's obvious that it's rewarding to you when you when you show them off and how how because yeah. it, it's a really cool thing we happen to have a job that i think the reason we work so much and the reason we want to work so much is because the work to reward is that that ratio is pretty great like mm. uh, and we get instant reward with you know when we release a video and you get views and, and feedback and stuff but i want to watch because that's so rewarding for you, I want to watch videos where you are excited, where you are rewarded. Because that's a that's a reward for me. It's it's entertaining. It's it's like watching a smarter everyday video. I watch them because Dustin is so excited about everything that he's yeah. doing that all of a sudden I'm excited about the way water flows out of a hose. What? What? Like I would <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, for <clears throat> sure. Well, anyway. I'm I'm excited about the plasma table too. That was, I guess, how I actually started talking about it. There's a whole new world of possibility there, uh, and not something I would expect a lot of people to have or necessarily even want. You know, it is kind of a specialty thing. But knowing that that's on its way has led my brain to go, okay, well, how could I use that? How can mm-hmm. I, you know, how can I? What else can I come up with that I wouldn't have been able to do otherwise? Because I think that's where it really shines. Is is what is it what can it uniquely make not uniquely but you know mm-hmm. make it a lot easier to make than than just like cutting something by hand or i don't know so i'm pretty excited about all that stuff that's that's coming in uh video coming out this week for us is actually one that i had very little to do with i mean i helped with it but um josh has a couple of little boys and young boys and they share a room and so he's been designing um like loft beds for them to take to share a small space and use it so they have their own individual space within this one room. And so he came up with a whole uh, loft bed system, and then we like brainstormed some other variations of it. So we built this loft bed, and it looks really good, like really good. Very, very simple to build. We intentionally went the simple route with like how can we minimize tools? How can we make it as accessible as possible? Somebody in an apartment who might need a loft bed, what would they, you know, what tools would they have at their disposal? Things like that. So the video is about us building that bed. He did the majority of the work. I did a bunch of edge banding and, you know, helped assembly and stuff. But so that's been kind of an interesting thing for a furniture project to happen mostly without me um, while I've been working on other stuff. And we got to use our AR model system that we have for like he modeled the bed and then we just held up the phone in the room and showed the model hmm. like the bed where it's going to be in the room make sure it fit and everything oh that's cool that's an app you could do yeah it's a thing that we've been doing with our plans so that somebody can go to our website and there's a QR code and so they can before they buy the plans they can take a picture of the QR code it opens the model on their phone and they can see it in their space and well, that's too so. fancy for me, Bob. I'm feeling offended. <laughs> I don't well. have that app on my phone, Bob. Yeah, you do, actually. You absolutely do. You don't well, need it. Well, I'm app. too insecure to go look for it. I just want to complain. Well, okay. That's, hmm. You're let lost. Me my, let me open my iPhone. Sorry. <laughs> so anyway, this video is, is pretty cool codes. because 
we can <laughs> it's the future man so we came up with three variations of this bed three different like it's a bed up top and different things down bottom so they all have plans they all have qr codes so you can check them out so i'm excited about that because it's a it's an accessible thing but it's also there's variation so it can work with different people you know that's pretty cool um and i think that's kind of what i've been doing uh pretty much we have been talking for almost an hour, and we haven't even gotten to the topic. We did well, kind of have a topic. Did we have a topic? <laughs> we kind of did. David, you were, I mean, you kind of already mentioned that your stuff has been doing well, like better than yeah, than it has been lately. And I was really curious why, if you knew why, or... It's, um, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've, uh, I, I, I think I mentioned earlier, I stopped making videos, I stopped making the videos that I... Thought I should make, and I started making the videos that I wanted to make. And for for me, for what I do, I it's like I want people to watch any video that I put out because they like watching me. And so, and I understand when you make personality based videos that you're going to there's going to there's going to be a bunch of people who don't like your personality and don't watch, and there's going to be a bunch of people that do like your personality and, and will watch anything. And so, I'm working more towards that. It's more about um, just letting go and, and doing what I want. But I also approach the videos a little bit different um, where I'm thinking like it will, because this is a business, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I think of like, is this YouTubeable? So I have to build, I have to build a cabinet for a new laundry room. But I don't want to do a, how to build a cabinet for a laundry room. So now I'm challenging myself. How can I turn this? How can I make this YouTubeable? What what is interesting about me making this cabinet for this laundry room? What is the? And so maybe the focus won't be how to. The focus will be the challenges of designing. I haven't figured that out yet. But now I approach everything different. Like what is the title of this video before I start? What is the thumbnail mm. of this video before I start? why would somebody watch this video and one of the questions i ask myself is is this video capable of getting a million views and like my, my videos typically don't i only have a few that have over a million views um but i'm trying to think like that now like and so i'm, I'm thinking bigger and if you're looking to get into content you have to um content creation you just have to look at it and think what what is my purpose what is what is the goal who is going to watch these videos and make videos that are for that particular audience so i just kind of approach things different now yeah i took um i think we've been oh go ahead, go ahead. i was gonna say yeah. i um <laughs> i had a class with or a, a course with daryl eaves last fall and that kind of opened me up to what analytics I should be looking at, like the 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 course and and in a few sentences is basically if you want to get into content creation and you want to you want to make something you want to have a successful YouTube channel, it's it's all about click through rate, what percentages the people uh, see that see that thumbnail and how many click through what's the percentage of that and then the average view duration uh, how long are they watching the video are they watching past 50 percent of the video on average if so you know that, that's good or below and then you're looking where people drop off and you're you're making adjustments so a little bit of playing the analytics game but then there's this 
what's what's the reason for your channel what's the what's the story he calls them buckets so i want to have four different types of videos and four different buckets so maybe one of the buckets has taken something old and making it new and then another bucket is taking something new and modding it and then there's another bucket of maybe it's a tool tool review or new tool like so i have these four different buckets and i alternate between those buckets but the buckets are all kind of titled within the same like you woodworker takes goodwill whatever and then that's so all of those videos within that bucket are kind of have a similar title and then so when one video ends youtube knows to recommend the next video within that that bucket and so that's basically the course in a, in a in a nutshell, but it's kind of caused me to think a little bit different. And then I'm doing another course here next month with a with a different guy. So Daryl Eves is like, he's like um, Mr. Beast's analytics guy, and has his own course. And it's expensive. It's stupid expensive, but for me, it's it's what I do. It's worth it. And then there's this other guy named Patty Galloway. And I'm taking his course next month, and I think it's more focused on programming and not the analytics stuff. So I want to see how his course compares to. But um, and I can't speak to anything about Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I do terrible on those, and I just don't spend a lot of time <laughs> there. But I am, yeah. I'm just energized right now because I'm. I'm just having fun making the videos. I've I've never had I've never enjoyed making videos more than than right now. Just because I've I've mm. let go and I'm not doing the how to stuff. Great. Yeah, and it's great. I'm you know taking a gamble on myself, paying for an expensive course, and then getting rid of the how tos, which is alienating some of the high audience. That's a that's a that's a risk, but it's it's paying mm. off. And there's also like there's a turnover time yeah. in, in a transition yeah. like that, you know, where you're gonna have for a while you're gonna have people who have the the mentality that you were talking about of you used to be this and now you're not. Yeah. But eventually those people will either adjust to the new normal or they'll stop watching and then the people that have come on since then won't really have that that like context yeah. for you anymore. So I mean there making a change like that is totally reasonable. It just, there will be some growing pains to it for a while. Yeah. But, you know, we've had that too. I mean, we've had from when I went from voiceovers to non-voiceovers, when I went to, you know, basic tools to adding more digital tools, when it went from me to me and other people. Like, we've had a lot of those things. But there's always two sides to that. Some people, I love the new thing you're doing. I don't like the thing that you're doing. <laughs> you know, that's... It's like we'll have comments next to each other, literally next to each other, that say, I hate your music. The next one is, this music is so awesome. Oh, I get that. Yeah. That right there <laughs> is proof to me that, like, you I can only it. take it for, you know, yeah. the one a I little get, bit. The one I love the most is, I'm so glad to see you posting videos again. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? I've consistently posted videos for 11 years. Yeah. I never have stopped. There's never been more than, like, a month that I did not have a video posted. <clears throat> yeah. It's really good to see you posting videos again. I always missed yeah. you. I really missed your you work. Should just be like, I'm glad to be back. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> well, the reason I was asking David about all of that stuff is because you know beforehand we were before we started recording we talked a little bit about that and you you thought it might be too inside baseball, but I still get comment or get questions from people, emails and stuff, and I'm sure you all do too, about like you know you all inspired me to start a channel. Now I now I'm getting started. Do you have any tips or tricks or advice for somebody getting started? And so I know that there's an appetite out there for people who are trying to figure this out today 
how to get started. We don't have, I don't know if it's the luxury or the curse of having to start our jobs today. We already did that. We started it in a very different landscape. And so it's, a lot of times it's kind of hard for me to have a really useful thing to tell them other than just like, you got to do it until you either don't care about it anymore or it works. I mean, it's kind of like the, it's like with anything, you know, you, you just got to work at it until you're tired of it or you've made some progress. Yep. But getting started in, in content creation today as a, as a, as a path to a career, I, I don't have a lot of helpful things to tell them. So I was curious from your recent success. I, Things like you just said, you know, are those applicable to someone who's getting started? Yeah, I, I mean, first, the, the first thing you have to decide is what type of audience do you want? So um, I've got a list of like seven channels and they're like how to be a YouTuber type channels. Uh, and we'll put them in the show notes. But some of these are for very beginners. Some of these are more advanced. I watch them all because I always want to be kind of up to date. So I'll, I'll list these seven channels in the show notes. Um, shoot. I was going somewhere with that. Uh, but I, but I don't <laughs> remember anyway. I'll have, I'll have a, um, it's kind of like a, every once in a while I'll get somebody will ask like, what do I, where do I, where do I start? Like, do you have any advice for me? And I don't give any personal advice. I just say, go watch these channels. Oh, mm. well, where I was going with that is if you want to be a content creator, you can't just watch a make something video or watch I like to make stuff videos and then just try to imitate what they're doing. You really have to study it. Like you have to like I study YouTube like like somebody is, is studying to be a lawyer. Like I and you continually study. At least I do. Like I am addicted to uh, membership tutorial websites uh books and i just i'm a i'm a student always and i'm just uh, uh, you have you have to want it you really have to want to spend the time studying so check out the channels that we'll list in the in the description cool yeah we'll add those yeah any other thoughts on this jimmy you got anything well, uh, it's funny. The, I was, I'll talk about when we went to WorkbenchCon. I met some people, and uh, it seems to be the conversation there more often than not was not necessarily about the content, but more about the, the title and the thumbnail and just getting the click. You know, the yeah. content is almost, I hate to say irrelevant, but obviously you need something that's engaging. But the whole conversation, and some of these younger guys are being more successful with interesting titles. Like you'll notice in my channel, if anybody's paying close attention, I'm starting to abandon having my name in the in the thumbnail, my name in the title. And, you know, that was a big change for me because in the beginning everything seemed to work and I just want my content to be branded so it didn't get stolen. And now I'm letting go of that because what's more important is just staying relevant. And so I am getting rid of that and uh, I'm going to recommend Drew Witt, Drew Witt from uh, Drew uh, Witt Woodworks for my, my recommendation. But he and I met at WorkbenchCon. And he's been giving me some really good advice on, on just going forward with titles. And for instance, this last video, he titled that video for me. I texted you and, and I'm like, dude, how's that video doing? Because the title and thumbnail are fantastic. Yeah. I, yeah. I, lately what I've been doing, Drew is like my, he's like my, uh, what, what would you call it? He's like my golden goose. I send him <laughs> the video before I do anything. I'm like, what do you think? And he says, I think it should be this. And I think it should be that. And it's almost like I send him like, which hmm. horse should I pet on? And 
and I this the the one before that was a dud. He's like, I'm not sure how many people want to make a an egg basket. He did title that one, and it was my ten of ten. So we joke about that. <laughs> and then the next one was the the model. He did title that and thumbnail that, and it's my most it's my highest performing video of, of recent years. Um, so Drew and I have been going back and forth a lot about what. Dave, what you were talking about. He studies very deeply. Every day he's sending me a podcast or some other information. He's really, really in the trenches and figuring this, trying to figure this out. He's got some very successful videos and then some videos that don't do extremely well and not because they're bad, but because, you know, he might have swing and a miss on the title or the thumbnail, but he's really, really working hard on trying to figure that out. And he, he talks to a lot of the guys that are very successful and they all have this conversation about thumbnails and titles and thumbnails and titles. You know, it's not just a slick picture. Like... I think he said to me, or somebody said to me, like, if Drew didn't title it, what would you have titled it? It would have been scale model of my shop in a picture, which isn't enough. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it has to be a question or it has to be some sort of intriguing, like, you know, uh, you know, everyone jokes about the, the face, like, hold on your face. Like, I, I messed up, beg this time, you know, that stupid meme. In a way, it has to be that, but in a subtle, more, uh, in, a, in, a, in a more um, subtle way, uh, what is that when advertising tries to trick you without you knowing it? What is that called? Subtle or, or surreptitious? It's like a certain word for it. Subconscious? I forget. Mm. Right. Anyway, the, you, you have to come up with a title that piques somebody's yeah. interest to click. For your particular audience. So the, the, the shock right. face thing doesn't really work with the DIY woodworking. I've never done that, yeah. but... It, it, you know, really, you know, it, it really doesn't. But it works with, like, if you're making a Mr. Beast type video... I just came, I just thought of a word. It's not clickbait. It's trickbait. Mm-hmm. It's not clickbait right? if you deliver on it's, the promise. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's not clickbait. It's trickbait. Yeah. I just coined the term. <laughs> From now on, everyone's going to use the word trickbait instead of clickbait. <laughs> because you're, you're, in a way, it's like you're tricking the audience. Like, well, it was Drew's idea to title my video. I'm building a model to make a $100,000 decision, which is inherent, and it's there. I didn't think for one second about it consciously yeah. because... All my mind is like I'm making a model. I'm making a model. I'll spend that money when I can, when I have to. But I completely put it out of my mind because I don't want to have to feel the pain of that. But to bring it up and put it forefront brings the anxiety to everybody that's watching. It's like, oh, it's a lot of money. And in my mind, it's anxiety. It's obviously nobody wants to spend that much money. So I just push it down. I push those feelings down. And I would never have put it in the title unless Drew suggested it. And I think it's part of a big reason why the video is doing well. Mr. Beast said, uh, "Like we're going, we're going a little, a little long." But I actually love talking about this stuff. But I was hesitant to talk about it. But Mr. Beast says, "Replace the word um, algorithm with audience. Just stop making videos for the algorithm and make videos for the audience." And that, uh, that's really, really good advice. Because the alg- all the algorithm is trying to do is put you in front of the right people. Mm-hmm. And like what Jimmy is saying is you can make the best video in the world, but if you can't get people to click on that on that title or that thumbnail, it doesn't doesn't matter that you have the best video in the world. You got to create some intrigue or some some interest. There's got to be this. There's got to be. Oh, I have to watch trick that video. <laughs> yeah, you got to make clickbait. Bait, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> no, no, no. Trick, trick, trick bait. Oh trick yeah, bait, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. The new Cool. Well. Um, Ever-changing uh, landscape of YouTube. Yeah, it's I fun. Mean, it's challenging. It's, it's easy challenging. for you to say people give you free tools. 
<laughs> I'm gonna thank our Patreon supporters because they make it so that we don't have to worry about all of the YouTube stuff on our podcast. We just get to make a podcast. That's it, and it's purely based on our Patreon supporters. And I'm being absolutely serious there. There's like no sarcasm at all. Um, they make it so that we can just get together, talk about this stuff, hang out, and we don't have to worry about you know titling and creating a thumbnail for this podcast to get people's attention we just get to do it so it really does mean a lot that people support us on patreon um and we always do the after show for all of them no matter the level that they support uh so it's a separate podcast feed that you get through patreon it's more show after this show and so we're going to go do that right after this but i want to thank our top supporters because they go well above and beyond uh to help us out that's Corey ward albers woodworks works by solo chad from Mancrafting, chad's custom creations grant at dadcrafted rich at low and designs odin leather goods scott orham Stu morrison warren works michael manegin gretchen hofer the web ranch woodworks and crabtree creative there's other people like stephen booker thank you who also thank you thank you thank you us out. there's a lot of people and we are seriously grateful uh, for it so if you want to get the after show if you want to join that group um, and help us out you can go to patreon.com slash making it we always have a couple of people join up you know uh, throughout the month and really grateful for that additional support so go check it out if you want to either way we're just glad you're listening what do you have to recommend well before I get into my pick I want to say one more thing um, and I think this is interesting one of my the, the channels that I'm listing in the in the seven channels, the, the channel called Colin and Samir. And they seem, they mentioned something a couple weeks ago, like the, the, they see this trend they where high production, very well produced videos are, uh, might not be the future. There's, there's this like, they, they see DIY more real, more, not super produced videos starting to get this this upswing. So if you're just starting out, don't think you have to be perfect lighting, perfect audio, 15 cameras or whatever. Just shoot what you want to shoot. Just look at my videos. Yeah, just, 42 color temperatures in the same just, shot. Just look at Jimmy's videos. So um, <laughs> it's, it's interesting if to, if to see if the uh, overly produced... I'm guilty of that for sure. Videos um, start to go down, and it's more more DIY. But anyway, my pick is, and I picked this channel before. It's JHS Pedals. The oh yeah. Um, so it's a basically it's a boutique me- uh, guitar pedal company, but their channel is absolutely phenomenal. It's like a master course in being a small business while supporting the entire community of like businesses. So this YouTube channel, uh, the host, the owner of the company, Josh, his his personality is, I love it. It's just like this super dry humor. But he's always highlighting other pedal companies. So most of his videos are not pushing his own products they're, they're he's pushing hmm. other companies products um even big one big ones you know uh, boss and and all, all the all the huge guitar pedal makers uh down to the, the the little boutique ones but it's really good content like the 
they've YouTubified the the pedal industry, and he he's got such a great personality that they're not he's not just showing you how to use a pedal or what pedals are trendy or or whatever. I'm just like I'm super in and in, into all their videos, and he's being asked on so many other YouTube channels. I'm seeing him on Reverb and on Sweetwater just because he's got a good host. So it's like a masterclass if you want to have a small business of how to support not be competitive with your competitors, but bring up the entire industry and and and, and highlight everybody it's just it's wholesome hmm. that's cool i i know of the pedals but i don't guess i've ever actually seen uh, the youtube channel is so good awesome or uh i was gonna uh, yeah i'm gonna me and wit have been talking about me and drew Witt have been talking a lot and uh, i'm just gonna shout out drew wit from wit woodworks He's got a, a small channel, but he's grown fast, and he's really figuring out, like I said, the uh, subtle details. And he really digs into the de- the small, middle, little details that I just don't pay attention to. So that's why we, we've been having a really interesting dialogue about what makes a good title and everything else and just the whole platform. So check out Drew from Wickwood Works. He does tool reviews and some, a lot of shop stuff. Uh, mine is a channel that is, uh, I ran across it by accident, kind of. I was looking for rewiring car stuff, and I found a a video by Superfast Matt. Mm-hmm. You've seen Superfast Matt? Mm-hmm. You have? Yeah. It, he's he's really interesting. I've only watched a couple of videos, but he has a very kind of dry delivery. Like, not dry is the wrong word. Matter of fact, maybe that's a good way to say it. Seems to know a lot and um, is really good at, like, taking a bunch of information and just laying it out there. And his delivery is, it's like, there's a little bit of snark in it here and there, and um, but he, a lot of coverage on the thing. So, like, the video I was watching about rewiring the car, like, he goes through explaining how to rewire a car completely. And along the way, it's there's just some funny little, like, I don't know. You just have to go watch it. It's all car stuff. He does a lot of, like upgrades and um yeah just lots of car stuff but i'm enjoying it so i've only seen a couple definitely see i more. think i know about this channel from you i thought you i think you recommended this channel i don't think before. i've ever seen it before um, yeah it's it, it's good it's a good recommendation yeah uh yeah so go check that one out if you're into cars and if not maybe don't that's weird i'm in the cars but i'm also not in the cars I'm not. A, I'm not a car guy, <laughs> but I. But I am. Yeah. I'm into certain yeah. cars. That's what yeah. I found. Is that I think the blanket term of like car guy. <laughs> whoa. Whoa. Oh my. I, <laughs> I unmuted myself. All right. The, out, the first time I tried to ignore it, but I and I just kept talking and. Uh, but it's hard to. Do. I'm so sorry. I keep. I, I'm having like the most congested life right now, and I'm like muting, <laughs> unmuting. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I exist. Oh boy, we're gonna leave it with that. Thank you. This is the best. Thank you. Ended. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll we'll talk to you next time. No, no, no. What were you saying? I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.